I just knew was one day I woke up and I just knew that I said today I just can't tomorrow I can't do this again tomorrow like wow. I just not do this tomorrow I can't and I don't know how but I ended up that same day I ended up at Joe B Solomon Cemetery in the pouring rain. I had no umbrella. I didn't have my brazen at the time. I remember that. It was pouring raining and I found myself kneeled on the ground in front of my grandmother's grave, crying, praying, asking for help for the very first time as an adult because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what to do. Welcome to another episode of the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm Tamika from TamikaMcTeer.com. If you are new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community that believes that there is no age that defines the life of every woman. So every week you'll hear a conversation that I know will inspire you to change your mindset, gain confidence, and live a lifestyle thriving, not determined by age. Joining us today on the podcast, we have Nevasia Collier. Nevasia is a compassionate woman of faith, mother of three, who believes that the secret to the more we are meant for and secretly desire in life is found within our authenticity. It is her mission to serve and create safe spaces that allow for women to become true to who they are and who they are becoming. She's also the host of her Authentic Journey podcast, sharing the voice and journey of herself and other women on the path of becoming. Through Nevasia's continual unlearning and unlayering cycles of generational strong woman and independent mom, she now helps women and moms to become unstuck from a life they appreciate. However, secretly unfulfilled in and as the woman everyone needs her to be, to then begin to embrace her authenticity and align with her true self, to then pour from more purpose and fulfillment in everyday life. Nevasia, welcome to the Ageless Conversations podcast. Hi, Smika. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, Nevaeja. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So excited to have this conversation with you. And for you all that are listening, you would never believe this. This is so funny. Nevaeja and I have literally been talking for like 20 minutes already. And I'm like, um, we should probably get started with this recording. And she's like, yeah, oh, that is really why we're here. We literally just sitting up here laughing and talking. I'm like, we better get going with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Nevaeja, before we get into more of our conversation for today, what are you most excited about as we kick off 2023? I am excited about so many different things. I've been practicing my consistency in a few things, which is as far as physically working out and all the things and as far as where I'm looking to go in my business and in my personal life. So, All right. That's awesome. <laughs> what What does it look like for you when you say you want to build consistency in your fitness? What does that look like for you? Well, I'm not a girl who likes to work out. I love walking. I walk and walk every day, all day. But as far as physical exercise, I just started yoga, actually, which is really my speed. I'm very in tune type of girl. I'm listening to my body and all the things. So it was my first time trying it, but I'm doing a 30 day challenge right now. So I'm practicing my consistency so that <laughs> for the new year. I'm good. It's part of my regular routine. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's funny that you mentioned that you enjoy walking because following your stories on Instagram, that's one of the things that you always share, like how you got out and went out for a walk. I believe a couple of weeks ago, I happened to be on Instagram and I saw your story pop up or whatever and I viewed it and you were like, 
the weather was nice or something and you ended up taking a walk in your pajamas and I fell out laughing. I was like, this girl. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, it was November. I remember it was last month. Yep. <laughs> and I'm in New York. So walking weather in November is just, it's very rare around here. So yeah. I took the opportunity to enjoy the weather. <laughs> That's funny. And then you mentioned the yoga practice. And so you're doing, how how, how long are you doing it? Each it's between... 30 minutes, I believe, 30 to 45 minutes a uh-huh. day. Do you, feel yes. do you feel like you are progressing with the different moves? Yes. Yes. And it really helps with my with my mood in the morning as well. Okay. It <laughs> definitely okay. enhances, you know, the good vibes that I've already, you know, started in the morning, but it definitely feeds that. So love it. I used to go to a hot yoga class. At least twice a week. Mm. This was pre-pandemic at, at the local YMCA here near my home. I used to go a lot, and then I stopped. <laughs> so I actually told myself it's funny that you mentioned this whole yoga thing because I was just telling my husband. I said that's what I'm gonna tell my son. He want to buy me something again. I'm like, hey, you could give me some yoga blocks, no? But I'll probably before I even mention it to him. I knowing me, I would have gone out and purchased them myself because that's actually one of the things that I said that I wanted to start doing. I secretly would love to become um, a yoga instructor. Really? Oh, (laughs) interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I've looked. I've looked into it a couple of times, getting started with the classes to get a certification, but I've never moved forward with it. So who Ah. knows? Who knows what twenty twenty three will bring? Outside of like really building family, marriage, and things like that, fitness is probably my second for real first love. (laughs) My real second first love. Yeah. (laughs) Outside of you know my family, building life with my husband and my kids and things like that, that's probably my true true love. Yes, I see you as well in the gym. Like, go ahead, girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know. It's a space where I really get a good challenge. So whatever, I don't know. I, I just love the challenge that comes with fitness. So I'm always like open to it. Obviously, if I don't like it, I'm not gonna keep doing something. But I don't know. I love it. You know what I found out with like doing yoga and trying to push myself in the you know fitness area. Is that when I challenge myself in that area, so it allows me to be challenged and take steps and further steps when it comes to business as well. In- so interesting. I keep that in mind. In those days where it feels hard, I'm like, listen, <laughs> if I can get through this, I can do this. It allows me to push myself in yeah. other areas of my life. So that's I good. feel like yoga is such a, a mindset mm-hmm. type of thing, movement, mindset, quietness, intuition, and things like that. And so because all of that stuff interests me. I'm like, who knows? One day yeah. you just might be seeing me on the mat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nadeja, so as we kick off our conversation, i love for you to, what's one of you, when you think about young girl Nadeja, teenage girl Nadeja, what's some of the first memories that come to mind for you? Hmm. First memories would be, oh, <laughs> it would be spending time with my grandmother. I know that sounds Like, what? As a teenager? But yes, (laughs) that's what it was. Yeah, spending weekends with my grandmother, having that time with her every weekend is something that, wow, one of my best memories as as a teenager, actually. (laughs) I appreciate that time. Yeah. So you feel like it was a time where she poured into you, got a chance to learn and things yes, like that? Yeah, definitely. She, well, I was in the household. My mother had five children. <laughs> 
you know. And so spending time with her was my time away from all the, you know, <laughs> the, the loud household. But yes, the conversations, hearing her stories and hearing, you know, the wisdom, you know, how the elder women, they just pour into you and enlighten you. So yes, that would be one of the memories I have as a teenager. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And so you mentioned that your mom had five children. And, and so you're one of five. Are you the oldest? Yes, I am. <laughs> and, and what did that look like or feel like for you being the oldest sibling of, of you know? Definitely a lot of expectations <laughs> as the eldest. My mom, she was a single mother. So, you know, I helped her out a lot. The children, you know, looked up to me to, and she, you know, depended on me a little bit to, you know, play be a, you know, a role model for the rest. So it was pretty hectic. I know as the eldest of five, I always said to myself, I am never having kids. Wow. I am never having kids. I don't know how a mother could do this, especially with five. But yes, but it was all in fun. I mean, it was, it was all in fun. The second, well, we were four years apart. So it was pretty much of a, a gap, but good times, good times. <laughs> Yeah. How would you say some of those earlier days shaped who Nevasia was before learning who Nevasia had to be? Mm. Well, of course, I learned and took in from watching my mother take care and, you know, go to work, take care of us. And, you know, basically all the women in my family, well, most of the women in my family were single, single moms, right? They were holding things down, taking care of the household. So I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot about how the responsibilities of a woman and all those things at a very young age. I was one of the kids where they you refer to always in grown-ups business. Oh, I was always say, the one. You the mentos, corner. they had a grown folks business. Yes, they had a grown folks business. I was always the little girl in the corner listening to my mother and her friends, you know, talk in their conversations, which led them to, you know, they still call me, you know, Vage, you're such, you're such a, my nickname is Vage, but they called me, they called me the, um, you're such an old lady. You're such an old lady. The way you think, you're such an old lady. But that's why I was a part of their conversations as a young child. So I just knew a lot. But anyway, so it taught me a lot about how to be a woman, a lot about independence, about basically I learned not to depend on a man and all the things until I found myself <laughs> as a teen, 17. And I found myself at 17, my last year of high school. So I naturally emulated the woman that I saw growing up, right? Took care of my my daughter, had from the very moment, um, even while pregnant in high school, I remember being offered to do my classes in a separate building during my pregnancy, and I refused to because I remember saying to them, I'm just pregnant. Yeah. I can still go to class. I can still, you know, I remember saying because, you know, I was sassy with the mouth, you're not going to just hand me a packet so I can walk across stage. Exactly what I say. You're not going to yeah. hand me a packet to fill out at home so I can walk the stage. I can still do this. And I did it. I actually had her days before walking across the stage. Wow. Against medical advice. My doctor did not want me to get out of bed. Actually leave out the hospital. He wanted to keep me. And I I worked too hard to get here. So I'm walking across the stage. He was, so he like, was like, I'm going to show you better than I can tell you just yes. how strong I am. Huh? Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> Listen, that's exactly what I felt. You can't take this away from me. I worked too hard. But I did. I walked and whipped. Well, you know, I staggered across the stage. <laughs> you can imagine I was in pain. Yeah, well, across the stage. And, you know, I was then a teen mom. <laughs> I was a teen mom. And then I I became a single teen mom within the household. Her father it was is in her life, but I became a single teen mom, you know, and got, had a career, took care of us. I just followed in the footsteps, right? Dealing with life had dealt with me, you know, dealt me feeling like, you know, that with every situation or storm that I had faced and because I was such, I know I was a good woman. I was a good person at heart, you know, so that it's just another thing I got to get through. And then happiness and fulfillment is going to be waiting for me on the other side because Mm -hmm. I know, you know, this, I'm a good person. I'm just here trying to take care of my daughter, you know, and then I saw the cycles <laughs> repeating that same thought and it just never really happened for me. You yeah. know, I, I did experience times and moments where, you know, I felt, you know, I was on top of the world. But then I went right back to that feeling that it just has to be more. You yes. know, <laughs> do you do you do you feel like you let the strong woman and that strong woman control take take part of control of who? you set out to be after becoming a mom early in your 20s, you know, after you finished high school and things like that, and then you found yourself navigating your early 20s, do you feel like that strong woman mindset just took over and you felt like, I have to do this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I felt I had no choice. That was the only option, really, was my mindset at the time. That's my only option was to be strong. And what did that look like and mean for you? What it meant like, what it meant was, I know this saying that (laughs) we all like to say is just don't look like what you've been through. (laughs) You know, that was one of them. Basically, I'm I'm more of a quieter, private person anyway. So a lot of the things I never displayed outwardly, all the things that I was going through or how hard it actually was. So for some people, it, it looked like I was it was just easy for me. Right. You know, and so people expected it from me. And I became that strong woman, that strong daughter, the strong sister, all the things, <laughs> strong friend that was just independent and that could. You know, nobody's as strong as you are. You're the strongest person I know was all the words that I used to hear. Um, inside, I'm thinking, if you only knew, yeah. you know, like it's not, you know, it's not really that easy. So, yes, that's strong. And, you know, hearing that over and over again, you kind of. I, for a moment, I felt even though it didn't feel good to be so strong, I felt, well, OK, so I guess I'm doing it right. Because every, you know, because everyone is, you know, celebrating me in a way that, oh, you're the strongest person I know and all the other things. So I felt, well, maybe I'm doing this right. So let me just go harder at Mm. it. You know, so I leaned. I like to say that I mastered strong at points in my life. I felt like I mastered it. You know, I was to the point where I was numb sometimes in Mm. life, in our relationships and things like because. I felt that was my only option. It was just about how well I can get through life instead of growing through mm. life. You know what I mean? Do you ever feel like you lost your identity as you were on that journey? And like you said, you know, going through it and attaching yourself to it. And everybody's like, oh, you're the strong one. You're the strong one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it wasn't until I found myself, you know, when I actually created a life or I managed to build a life that I didn't even know to once pray for as a teen mother, a life, a good life, despite all the things I've seen, I've been through, you know, what generate other generations have been through. I build a life despite, in despite of those things. I felt it took the life out of me. Right. And it wasn't until I felt I got to a point where I couldn't just I couldn't do it anymore. I had no more strength left. Like I felt like I was pulling myself too thin and I felt guilty, you know, because I felt like there was so much more from more in life and more to me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand it because I had my I have a have my children, I have a career, I have my own home, you know, all the things that's in I'm in a, a healthy relationship now. What do you mean more? <laughs> you know yeah. more. What? I don't have any more left of me. So it wasn't until I was felt, you know, guilty. I felt inappreciative of the life that I had. Mm. And I didn't know what to do with it. And I remember just feeling lifeless, pulling myself out of bed every day because the weight of that was so heavy. How do I fit more into my life when I can barely deal with what is going on? I've been strong my whole life. Like, I don't know what else I can take on. And um, I felt... I just knew it was one day I woke up and I just knew that I said today I just can't tomorrow I can't do this again tomorrow like wow. I just not do this tomorrow I can't and I don't know how but I ended up that same day I ended up at Joe B Solomon Cemetery in the pouring rain um I had no umbrella I didn't have my brazen at the time I remember that it was pouring raining and I found myself kneeled on the ground in front of my grandmother's grave, crying, praying, asking for help for the very first time as an adult, because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what to do. I've done all the things. I've tried all my tricks and all the things and the numbness and the masking. And it wasn't it wasn't working. I couldn't shake this feeling that there's more but I can't handle it, but I need to be able to handle it so that I can be there for everyone else, right? There's everyone else is depending on me to show up. Everyone else is depending on me to be this independent person, this responsible person. You know, if they see me fall apart, everyone else is going to fall apart, mm-hmm, right? So it was there, you know, and kneeled in front of my grandmother's grave when I, you know, was asking for help, like I said, and in the mix of those feelings, I happened to look up across the parking lot and in the car was everything I ever loved, everything I ever was, everything I felt I needed in order to be complete, in order to be happy. And that was my children, being a mother, a nurturer, a caregiver, a lover. Even I even had my ID badge for the 20 plus year career I had within this organization. Like that was everything. That's all I ever was since young. Like this is all I ever was and all I felt I needed to be. And in that same moment, I had to stop and say, well, if that is who you are in that car, then who is here? Who Mm. is here kneel before God asking for help? Right. And it was then when I realized that it wasn't everything else. 
that the thing that needed to change, the thing I needed to find was me. Mm. Something needed to happen within me. Something needed to change within me instead of me trying to change everything on the outside. Yeah, that that is so good and so powerful. Thank you for your vulnerability, Nevasia, and sharing your story. As I was listening to you share about the kneeling and going to the cemetery and connecting with your grandmother, it instantly took me back to earlier in our conversation when I asked you, I started out this conversation asking you, what's one of your earlier memories that you had as a young girl? And you talked about how you were able to have conversations or you missed those you, you you know, you remember those conversations with your grandmother. So that in itself, to me, is like a full circle moment that even in your grandmother's passing and her not physically being here, that that's clearly you find comfort and peace in speaking with your grandmother because you found yourself going through life to the point where you didn't even know what was going on, your why behind everything. You, you knew and felt called and led to go back to your grandmother and know before her. Absolutely. And would you say that that was the beginning of you unlearning and unlearning cycles as you, did you go back to like your faith then? Absolutely. When I got up from the wet grass that day, I knew that I could not go back. Like I said, when I woke up that morning, I knew I couldn't go back. I couldn't repeat that same cycle again the next day. I knew I needed to step, not knowing where, how, a blueprint or anything, but I knew that something needed to change and that change had happened within me, right? So that day very much led me deeper into my faith journey, deeper into, you know, rediscovering who I am as an individual, you know, and so many different things, embracing who I truly am and all all the things. It has led into this lifestyle <laughs> that I call of being true to who I am and who I am becoming, not just who I've had to be. Yeah. This has become a lifestyle. What yeah. has that new lifestyle look and felt like for you? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Well, for listeners, for the listeners, because <laughs> I am, yes, I'm a mom, I'm a mom of three. So, of course, initially taking a step without knowing what is on the other side when you have children is a very scary. And the first thing we think about is what will this mean for them, which was part of that, you know, scarce feeling I had before I, you know, ended up at the cemetery. But I knew that, you know, without me... <laughs> What will happen as well, right? Sometimes we got to ask ourselves that question. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves that question of what will happen if I'm not okay? You know, how long can we continue to not be okay? But so, yeah, so I I, I took took a step. And this journey, it has been unfolding each and every day. Just to see yourself as an individual just to learn and know that strong, independent mother, all those things, they, they have served a purpose, especially the strong and independent. It, it, it served a purpose in my life, but I was, I didn't realize what I had. Like I said, I built a life in despite of like, despite of where I came from or what I couldn't even imagine having a, this life when I was a scared teen mother, mm. you know, but 
carrying that strong, I was carrying strong independence into a point of my life that I no longer needed it anymore. I didn't need it anymore, you know, and I learned that strong is a tool, Mm -hmm. that it's not a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. a tool that we need to learn when to put it down and when to pick it back up. And strong was getting in the way of me actually being present in my life, being, you know, aware of all the good that was happening in my life. You know, sometimes you, you know, you bring things, (laughs) old things from your past and all the baggage. So so this, yeah. So this journey is a lot of, like I said, is learning myself and learning myself as an individual. Like who is, who is Nevasia? Who is Nevasia beyond being a mother, beyond all the masks, beyond the titles, beyond all the hats that I have to wear every day? Who is Nevasia? You know, and it has this journey has allowed me to now that I can operate as myself, as my authentic self, it's allowing me to pour my true self into my family, into my relationships. And, um, just watching how how beautiful it is. Really, I'm laughing, I'm giggling because I'm just imagining. But it's just it's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. It's just it's it's really it's a really good feeling because wearing those masks a lot of times we feel we need to, we feel we have to, but secretly we can secretly want our loved ones and those closest to us to experience the truth of who we are. There's parts of us that we keep hidden, but we want to let out, you know? So this has allowed me to, to let those special parts that I'm gifted with, right? The parts, you know, step more into my purpose, you know, yeah. not even just in business and, you know, in life, how, you know, I'm what I'm supposed to contribute to my family that I have built for myself. You know, mm-hmm. I felt strong was one of those things that I held on to, but it was a barrier in between me stepping into my purpose. Yeah. Is there a method that you follow in invasion to keep you on this journey on a day-to-day basis when the strong woman wants to creep back in? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There is a method. I actually have three pillars that I cycle. I feel that we cycle through as we get in touch with our, our authenticity, get in touch with our truest self. And that's basically having and learning to have appreciation and honor for who you were, where you were, <laughs> how you were. You know, so that you can become present in where you are and who you are today and where it is that you want to be, right? Where it is that you want to go. Um, also, it's about redefining, you right? Redefining yourself as this individual and embodying her, right? embodying her instead of operating on autopilot and all the things, you know, really embodying the person you are and the person that you want to be today, not waiting for everyone else to, you know, just better align yourself. And the last one is, is resilience. And I know resilience and strong people use those interchangeably, but I feel there's this, there's a difference. I feel there's a fine line mm-hmm. between strong and resilience and I lean more into resilience being the recovery. How are we recovering? Because life is going to be life. 
We're going to face things no matter where you are in life, who you are, <laughs> what you have for good life is going to be life. So we need to be able to take care of ourselves in a better way. Mm-hmm. What systems, routines and things do we have in place for, you know, to take care of ourselves along the way? It's not just about just getting up and pushing through it. Right. It's about growing through it, like I mentioned earlier. So. Those are three pillars that I follow. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Love that. Now we're going to head into what I like to call our final four. This is going to be where I ask you four short questions. There's no right or wrong answer. And you can just respond with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. The first one is describe age in four words or less. Wisdom. That's one word, but wisdom. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. And this one is a fill in the blank for you. My name is and age has taught me. Mm. Okay, my name is Evasia, and age is more than just a number. It's more than just a number. It's more about experience. It's more about life lessons and growth. Love it. Are you asked for permission or asked for forgiveness? Mm, Ask for forgiveness. Why? I would ask for forgiveness for taking so long to invite God in the way that I do now. Okay. Are you comfortable in silences or nonstop conversations? Comfortable in silences. All right. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <introvert>. <laughs> what final words do you have for our listeners and where can they connect with you after this podcast? Well, my final words would naturally be... <laughs> To be true to who you are and who you are becoming, not just who you've had to be. And you can find me at Her Authentic Journey on Instagram and TikTok. I'm dabbling in TikTok a little bit now. And I am Nevesia Collier on Facebook. All right, Nevesia, thank you so much for being a guest here today. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Tamika. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Ageless Conversations podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your review really does help others find out about the podcast. As always, you can head over to my website now at TamikaMixier.com to sign up for my email list as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Talk to you all next week.